Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier. And look, many people believe that sobriety is only about abstaining from alcohol or drugs. But the truth is it encompasses far more than that. The journey of sobriety has been, it's had a profound impact on my life and in many others' lives and makes it honestly more challenging. So one of the things that I struggle with is ADHD and that for sure has made things more challenging. And so I'm going to share my personal journey with sobriety and ADHD today and how it can feel like you have a million ideas swirling around in your head at once. And so I decided to get sober in on August the 12th, 2009. So it was almost 14 years ago, that decision was not, I didn't voluntarily make that decision. Really. I kind of didn't have any choice. I had multiple DUIs. I'd lost my license for eight years and I had a blow blow stick in my car for seven years. And so that blow stick actually as embarrassing as it was at the beginning, eventually it didn't matter. It probably I would say that it really aided in me staying sober because I knew there was no chance I could get through life and get to where the goals that I've set for myself and the goals that I want to hit that I'm going to hit without a driver's license. I can't. It would be impossible to start out (laughs) being I was broke. I was living with somebody else. I was just a damn train wreck, dude. I was an absolute train wreck. And I remember just how I felt. Actually, I had very similar feelings not that long ago. And, you know, the feeling that you have when the feeling that you have when you come in the rooms feeling that you have when you get sober, ever how you get sober, there's many ways of doing that. And I'm not here to suggest that my way is the right way. In fact, I would suggest don't go the way I went. But I started out in a 12-step program and it gave me back, it gave me everything that I wanted. In other words, like I didn't have a job at the time when I first got sober. I didn't have anything. Very quickly, I started a position at a gym. I was in very quickly within, I don't know, a month. I was the top sales guy. And 
eventually that led to me being transferred to a larger club to become the fitness director without a training certificate, by the way. And that's what happened. And my job was to sell all the personal training for all the personal trainers. And it was successful. However, you have people that think you're playing favorites. So the job went away. And at the end of the day, the truth is my boss did not like the fact that I was selling the shit out of the training. He, it's the ego thing. And whatever, I get it. I struggle with the same stuff. So, and really, ego is one of the biggest challenges of being an alcoholic. Lots of times we think, lots of times we think that we are, we convince ourselves that we're not alcoholics. We convince ourselves that this is not a problem. We convince ourselves that we are only causing problems for ourselves and no one else. And that's a complete lie. In fact, you know what? It's ridiculous to think that you don't affect anyone else's life that's around you if you're drinking. But that's how we think. And it's selfish and it's self-centered. It's pretty wild. It's a pretty wild feeling because you just don't know that you're this big of an asshole. You don't know. Or maybe I was just lying to myself. Who knows? And so lots of times people with ADHD struggle with alcohol, struggle with drugs, because we suck. people with ADHD, and I'll get into that actually in a second. But just saying that if you think about, as I mentioned earlier, a million ideas swirling around your mind, you throw alcohol into that. And now you've got a million ideas swirling around your mind with the effects of alcohol. So you can only fathom that things might go sideways if you do. That. So, but living with ADHD is one of the things that it's been a real big deal in my life. And I work with contractors because. Look, y'all fit the whole bill of everything I'm talking about. Not every contractor, but, you know, most every contractor has some touch of ADHD without a shadow of a doubt. So, and if you're wondering, well, he's probably not talking to me. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you lost your AirPods? Oh, a day ago. Yeah. How, how many times yesterday did you lose them? How many times did you misplace your phone? How many times did you forget to email that person back? How many times do you stack stuff up in your head, but you don't write it down? Because you think, I've got this one. I'm going to remember it. And sure enough, you absolutely don't remember it until it's too late or maybe last minute. And then if you remember it last minute, you crush whatever it is you're supposed to do. And it literally gets turned in at the very last minute, but it's absolutely the best work you've done. Because that's how we work. We work well under pressure, our own pressure or deadlines, rather. I need a deadline, right? I need everything on my calendar and I need a deadline. If you don't give me a deadline, you're not going to get the stuff on time, period. Bottom line, it's not going to happen. If it's not on my calendar, you're not, I will not be on the call. If, you know, it is what it is. It's one of the things that I've really learned how to circumvent a lot of these ADHD struggles that I'm going through or I'm talking to you about here 
because it has these things have a profound effect on your life. And I'll just give you one hilarious example that I don't really even give a shit if you think it's hilarious or not, because it has saved me. I calculated it saves me about 90 minutes a day. And that is I carry a freaking little fanny pack looking thing. It's a little noble. If you're watching the video, it's got, it's like a little noble. I don't know. It's like a little fanny pack. Now I don't strap it on my waist, but here's why I have that because it keeps my Nicorette gum. It keeps my AirPods. It keeps my little vape. It keeps my car keys. It keeps my credit cards. It keeps the money. It is literally like a small purse. And guess what? I do not give a shit. Because you calculate 90 minutes a day for like, I've had this for like 30 some years. That's a lot of time, right? And I've only really become aware of this as of recently. When I was writing my book, I real I discovered what all of these things combined or I should say the ADHD and the neurodiversity and the addiction and the recovery can lead to better self-care, better mindfulness, better personal growth and development. But you've got to be aware of these things. And so if you think about If you think about just the little hack with my little man purse here, there's a lot of things like that I've figured out how to do in my life. And I'll give you one more quick example. When I think about, oh, I need to email that person. I do not say to myself, you got this, do it in 10 minutes. I stop what I'm doing and I go email the person. If I feel like I need to pray, I stop whatever I'm doing. And that's what I do. I pray because I feel like, well, there is no feeling about it. I actually don't like having to do that because it feels like I have to force myself to do it. And quite frankly, that is the case. But the key is that I understand that. And I understand that the chances of me doing it right now in 10 minutes later are drastically different, right? The chances that I get it done right now, almost 100%. Sometimes few and far between, I may make the decision to wait and few and far between, I might remember, but it's something that it's not very important if I have to wait. It's something that absolutely can wait, whatever it is. So in understanding these things and focusing on the things that you are good at is another huge trait with business owners. And eight people with ADHD, especially people in construction, in the trades. I talk to you guys day in and day out. And every one of you that I've met, just about nine and a half people out of 10 absolutely struggle with ADHD. Now, here, let me just give you a few things that are super positive about this. Now, giving you a few things that are, that, that are a little bit negative. Or that we struggle with, I should say.
This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. The positives, and you'll get this, the the positives of having ADHD is that we are visionary people. We can see five steps ahead usually. We can see all the pieces that need to go into completing the puzzle. However, we're not great at follow through and we're not great at follow up, but we are great at coming up with groundbreaking ideas. We're great at coming up with being able, like I said before, see being able to see the steps ahead of people. And what I mean by that is like, for example, if I can tell, like if my daughter makes a decision that I can, I know what the next five steps are going to be. Like if she makes decision A, steps are going to be great. If she makes decision B, steps are not going to be great. And that's just a simple example. But I can see that in business as well. Like I can tell when people are getting ready to make a mistake and when they're not going to make a mistake because I pick up on that stuff. And I can only tell you that it's one of those things. You might want to call that a superpower or whatever you want to call it, but it is fascinating. And sometimes, though, that part's frustrating because sometimes we do see those steps ahead and it's really hard to explain to the person how and why we see those steps ahead. And so sometimes that knowledge is useless because you can't execute on it because you can't put it in the right order or you can't explain it to the person. Or if you feel like me, sometimes I'll do the steps in my head and get to the end and it will be complete. And so my brain says, check it off. You did that. And the truth of the matter is I didn't do it. I did it in my head. That also happens with conversations with, let's just say with my wife sometimes. I'll have a conversation in my head thinking that I had it with her because I'm playing both people in my head, the conversation, which is pretty common. But then she's not privy to the information inside of my head. So it kind of, well, it doesn't really work out when I try to bring her into the conversation. She wasn't there for the whole first part of it. I think you understand what I'm saying. So what's interesting is navigating sobriety in ADHD. And I'll just share a story with you. I was on a podcast recently, HVAC Success Secrets with Thaddeus and Evan. Well, Evan wasn't there. Thaddeus was super tired. But we had a great conversation. Poor guy has been up with his baby. Which, congratulations, Thad. I don't envy you. I really don't. But he asked me about my journey with with alcohol. And my journey's been, I thought, the same. It was kind of the story that, that up until recently, that story changed. And what I mean by it changed is, I mentioned earlier, I got sober back in 2009. And 
I went to the pro- a program for um, almost seven years, let's say. And like I said before, I got everything back. Everything was great. I got married, got divorced, got remarried. Like it, a lot of stuff happened during that time. And so throughout that process there towards the end, I had opened up my testosterone clinic. It's like a med spa. I've mentioned it many times on here. And and I was and I had started my own meeting under the guidelines. And I did the meeting the right way. I did it through the the organization. And so what happened there was the meeting started out small, naturally. It never really grew super, super big. And now I probably know why. Because you know, and they talk about this in the book. You become like the chairman, right? And so what happened is I would come to the meeting and I would chair the meeting and I would try to get other people involved to chair the meeting. But quite frankly, it was just easier for everybody, including me and them, just to let me do it. And that was the encouragement of the group. Well, egomaniac over here. I'm like, of course, y'all want me to do it. I didn't say that out loud, but I didn't say that out loud. But at the end of the day, that is kind of what I was thinking. So actually, it's really not true. I wasn't thinking that at the time. Looking back now, I realized it's exactly what was happening. And so ultimately, I wound up becoming the owning the business. I was a new business owner. I felt like I was hot shit and wound up not going back to AA. Well, whatever. It is what it is. To my sobriety, I guess I can talk about that all I want. So anyhow, I decided not to go back. This program had given me a life that I just didn't even realize at the time what it had provided me, what it had given me. And so I wound up, well, I'll tell you actually what happened. I actually started following Tony Robbins and all the personal development stuff, if you've looked into that, is very similar to the 12 steps of AA. Like, it just is. It's just a little bit. You pay for it, and it's dressed up a little bit differently. But it's the same shit. And so my mind moved. I mean, I I, I never really felt like I needed to go. I didn't, not needed. I didn't feel like I fit in with AA. I just didn't feel like it was my deal. Like, I always felt like I was different. And I'm just being completely truthful with you. It was my ego. Like, yeah, I'm in here, but I'm still not like these people, right? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here, but, you know, I'm still, I'm a little bit different, right? I'm just not, not the same as these people, which sounds absolutely absurd as that comes out of my mouth, but this this, this is the truth. And so I moved into the personal development world and started doing that, and I left AA. Now, part of the problem with that is this. In the 12 steps, the 12th step is you have you, you give back what was freely given to you, which means you help another alcoholic. It's very specific about that. It doesn't say go help everybody or anybody. It says help another 
alcoholic. Well, I wasn't doing that, of course. I also wasn't praying. I also wasn't, I didn't really have a spiritual life. I thought I did, but it was, I didn't. I was, it, it was a, it was some shit I created in my head. And so I struggled I, and still struggle with, dude, with tripping over myself constantly. And I didn't really get a hold of this until, I want to say early November and like this past November. Now, again, I haven't had a drink, nor do I have any desire to drink. But if you don't, if you don't live the steps in your life, you can't expect to get the promises at the end. And of course, I wanted the promises without the work. And I convinced myself I was getting those. And the truth of the matter is, don't believe everything that you think because your brain will lie to you and tell you things that are not true. And when you couple that with a couple of years of COVID and the psychological mind fuck that was for a lot of people, including, I think it was for everybody to a degree. Um, it was, Anyway, so the point is, in November, or maybe it was even October, I can't remember, but I went to a I went to RoofCon down in Florida and met a guy named Eric Obram. Our buddy Jeff Boav introduced Eric and I, and Eric and I hit it off, and I explained to Eric why I wasn't going back to AA. And this is usually a pretty uncomfortable conversation for people, but I explained to him that I didn't want to keep saying I am an alcoholic. Now, can you imagine where that came from? Tony Robbins screams I am about 30 times every time he speaks. So the point is, what happened was, the truth is, if you say I am this thing all the time, like you say, I'm fat. Gosh, I'm so fat. Yeah, you probably are fat. You probably are fat. And you're probably going to keep being fat because you keep saying you're fat. Or I'm stupid. Or, or I'll even say sometimes, hey, damn, dumbass, why'd you do that, right? Not really great self-talk. And those things have an impact on your brain, on your mental health, on your on your outlook on life even sometimes. If you think about that, if you're constantly, and look, we've all been there. We've all had, we've all shit talked ourselves worse than we would an enemy. Like that's just the truth. Most of the time you pro you talk to yourself way worse than you would talk to somebody else. And those things are damaging. Those conversations that you might be having are damaging. And so what you have to do, what you want to do to mitigate that is you got to figure out what's triggering, you know, these. Another ADHD moment. I forgot what I was saying. <clears throat> so you want to mitigate the crazy thoughts, right? When those start happening, you got to figure out why those are happening. What's triggering that? 
And there are certain things that trigger people with ADHD, trigger people with that are in sobriety that don't trigger other people. And when you put both of those together, you got to really pay attention because you can redline. I, I'll say I can redline in a heartbeat. If it's the, if it's the, if it's a certain thing, right? There are certain things that make me feel like my head's going to pop off my shoulders. Not a lot of things, but there are certain things like when people lie to me, I want to, I want to destroy them. I think it's the most, the shittiest thing you can do is to fucking lie to somebody. We all lie to a degree, but when you maliciously lie, I think you're a piece of shit. And that's just all there is to it. If you consistently lie, you're a piece of shit. And it means you have no self-respect. You have no respect for other people. And at the end of the day, I understand all that because that was, I've been living like that since since I left AA. And I say, like, not necessarily lying to everybody. I didn't mean that. I hate lying. So I did not mean that. But what I did mean is you, you're not going to understand this unless you've ever struggled with sobriety or struggled with alcohol. But, you know, It's hard to explain how someone that struggles with alcohol feels when they're getting sober or when they are not going to a like like myself, I was not in the in in any program for quite some time. And that in itself is a disaster. Look, don't follow my path with this. I'm telling you right now, don't do it because it's not fun. It's not fun trying to live sober, but acting like you're abusing alcohol. And that's exactly what happened. They called this a dry drunk, right? It's exactly what was happening with me. And so these things, and here's just the, here's the thing. Like I kept tripping over myself. I kept making mistakes. I, the clinic, I lost the clinic which wasn't entirely my fault, but certainly I had a lot to do with it. Um, and those things are really hard on, uh, well, probably anybody. But it's, I would say, especially somebody that, that, that is basically living like, uh, essentially not, not giving back to people. NAA or yeah, not giving back to people in AA. So therefore you can't really, you can't be real, really of service to anybody else because you're not doing the first step, right? It's not really the first step of the 12. It's the first step to continue maintaining sobriety is helping other people. And it's important to help other people in sobriety. I helped a lot of people. I have helped a lot of people in a lot of them were not in sobriety. And it's just not the same thing. You're just giving free consulting at that point, right? And so 
the point is that if you do have alcohol struggles, if you are listening to this and you think that something I've said today makes sense to you and you would like to know what to do, if you would like to know what to do about ADHD, I'm not a doctor, I can't tell you, but I went to the doctor, I take medicine, it is what it is. And I will probably always have to take medicine because I'll be honest, it just is how my brain works. I don't know how to tell you anything else. I don't function right unless I have the medicine. And look, these things, sobriety, ADHD, can be can be navigated successfully if you put the right parameters in place. And lots of times we don't have the ability to put those parameters in for ourselves, especially if we're in addiction or struggling with some sort of, or even like food addiction or any kind of addiction. A lot of people are just addicted to the freaking news, right? I mean, if you sit and watch the news every night, that's a dopamine hit for you. Like, I don't know why you would do that, but for whatever reason, there's a pop, certain segment of the population that likes to watch the news because of that dopamine hit. They don't think that's the reason, but that's the reason. And so if you are struggling with alcohol or drugs, there are local places that you can call. You can you look up AA, look up Alcoholics Anonymous. It's pretty simple. Um, it's not real easy walking in that first room that first day. I'll tell you that. It's not real easy picking up that phone and calling that that interstate or truck. What the hell is the name of it? Anyway, the home office, I can't remember. Tri-State Intergroup, I think, is the name over here. Anyway, that's a hard call to make. And, man, it is really hard walking in that first room. You feel like you are a fucking alien. You feel like everybody in that room thinks you're a complete moron. Everybody in that room thinks you think you, of course, think everybody's looking at you. They're not. They don't care what you're doing. Right. Like when new people come in, like some people come in and out, like you don't know. Everybody's there for the same reason. But I didn't really realize that. Certainly didn't realize that the first time I was there or first time I went. But, you know, I go to I go to a meeting, went to a meeting this past week. It was the meeting I got sober at the first time and the second time. And it was sobering, to say the least, listening to people share that have less than 24 hours of sobriety. I mean, it just has been so long since I've been to a meeting with that early, early, early sobriety. And it's wild to hear some of the stories and some of the things these people say and what they are going through and it's it brings you snaps you right back into reality. It helped me realize that bro, this is it's bad shit. I'm really lucky. I am I am certainly a unicorn when it comes to not going back out and drinking after leaving AA. Typically you can almost guarantee you're gonna drink when you leave there if you stop working the program. I do not know how I made it. I just, I, well, I think 
well, obviously just sheer will. And I just didn't struggle with the drink. And I, I know how that tape plays out, but that does, sometimes that doesn't matter. Well, for a lot of people, that, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how the tape plays out. It just matters what's going to fix it right now. What's going to fix the pain right now. And people that are in sobriety go through a lot of pain. Just like I've told you, I've gone through the last six years. And it's been, it's been, it's been a little bit of a nightmare. And the amount of judgment that I've had on me has held me back. It's absolutely held me back. My brain will tell me that the craziest stuff, like, well, you shouldn't put that out because, you know, this, or it's like self-conscious about things. And that's just, that's stupid. It's really stupid to worry about what I'm going to post in a post. Like, I don't. It's the reality is that stuff's not even important, right? It may be important to certain people and it is important to business. I don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, like people that, you know, they get to see your stuff on social media, it's a small amount. So why would I stress out about does the, is whatever, get what I'm saying. Plus I'm beating this to a dead horse. So I'm going to leave you with, if any of this made sense to you today, if you struggle with either one of these things, if you are one of these people that, like like me, you can see all the pieces of the puzzle. You can see how the future is going to be formed. Now, part of that is that I am working on something really dope. And I've locked in all the key pieces for this project. And this is the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. And it's been a journey. But what you're going to find is this journey is going to change a lot of things in home services and how business is done. And I've been talking about this for a little while, but I, I'm i getting closer. Like we've assembled the, the best team that you could possibly think of. And things are moving pretty rapidly. And all these things are happening because I go and I give back every single day. I call people and see how they're doing every single day. I pray on my knees every morning and every night. And if I need to do it in the day, I do it then. But, you know, if I didn't, if I have, if I was not doing these things, I, you know, I, some of these things are super uncomfortable. I'll be completely frank with you. Like for me to pray on my knees hasn't happened in years because why do I need to pray on my knees? Like I can just do it driving in the car or walking down the steps or he'll still hear it. 
But there's something unique about that. There's something unique about actually humbling yourself and getting on your knees and praying for help. Otherwise, depending on what you believe, probably not going to get that help. That's just my experience. That my experience is if you don't ask for the help, you're not going to get the help. And that's in business. That's in sobriety. That's with ADHD. That's with a lot of things. And look, I still 100% struggle with asking for help. I'm getting a lot better at it. But I am just not one to ask for help because I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know. It is an ego thing. It's, and I also don't want to bother people, right? I don't want to bother people. I just don't want to bother people. And lots of times that that will prevent me from getting moving forward on something. So I appreciate you guys listening. I know this has been a very different conversation than my chat GPT conversations. However, you should absolutely go to podfestexpo.com and check out my talks. Both of them on they're coming up this week. One of them will be live. And it is for the global podfest, the vir- global virtual podfest, the one that we won that we Autumn and I were a part of their Guinness Book of World Records. We broke the record two years in a row. And so I get to be a keynote speaker with that. And I'm pretty jacked about that. And we're going to be talking about how ChatGPT can work for your business. We're going to be talking about how you can utilize it for a multitude of different things. But you're going to have to come to the talk if you want to get the best tool I've ever found in my life. And so when I say best tool, like it will take your ChatGPT experience to an entirely different level. I guarantee it. And the tool is free. I'm not selling anything, but I am selling for you to go to podcast and check out my talk. It is Wednesday at 1030 a.m. to 11. That's my live talk. Then my short talk is at, I don't know, 855 to 9 p.m. It's a five-minute pre-recorded talk that I've already done, obviously. But I'd like for you to check that out, and I'll give you the tool if you do that. But the trade-off is you got to come to PodFest. you got to check out the talk. And then I'll give you the information. But otherwise, you're going to keep typing in stuff that doesn't make any sense. And it's frustrating and it makes you feel like this thing doesn't work. And why is it like this? And why does it give these stupid responses? And yep, I'll solve all that by giving you this extension. But hey, maybe you got a better one than me. I doubt it. But maybe, I mean, maybe this thing, it's like 2000 prompts in it. Anyway, appreciate you listening to the show. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.